That's a great question. What do I love about Sarah Lawrence? But it's a really big question. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough to even find the starting point. Um, so much. Um, first of all, actually, no, there's a really easy answer. I love the community here. I love the students. I love the faculty. I love the community that has always sort of maintained this kind of vibrancy around learning and about teaching and about exploring the world and really holding true to this such a robust version of the liberal arts and sciences. That's probably the cleanest and most straightforward answer that I can give. Um, that it's a remarkable community. I think that there's a, a personality that Sarah Lawrence alums have in the world where everyone that I've met, there's that special something uh, about them and the way they talk about their experiences at Sarah Lawrence. So the community is the single word answer I have for what do I love about Sarah Lawrence. For the Sarah Lawrence College, I'm Tim Kale, and this is the Sarah Lawrence College Podcast. For this episode of the season, we are joined by Kevin McKenna, SLC's Vice President of Enrollment and Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid. Kevin is delightful. Make sure at one point in your career here, if you're someone who's working at SLC, if you're new to working at SLC, make sure you go to at least one of the all staff and faculty meetings, usually at the beginning of the year, if for no other reason than to hear Kevin talk about admissions. He's a great speaker with a great voice, and all the more reason I'm happy to have him on the show. Also, Kevin is talented. <laughs> he performed and produced the song that plays in this episode, so double thanks to Kevin. For all things Sarah Lawrence College, visit our main website at sarahlawrence.edu. Check out our college tour page where prospective students and their parents can see videos on finding community, expressing yourself, and getting involved, just to name a few. That link will be in the show notes. Follow Sarah Lawrence College on Instagram, TikTok, Vimeo, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. There are myriad ways for you to connect with us. The Sarah Lawrence Student Life Preservation Project is accepting contributions at slcstudentlifeproject.omica.net. That URL will also be in the show notes. Remember to give the podcast a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We really count on these reviews to give us a jolt of positivity and help us find our audience. All right, that about does it for this intro. It is time, one and all, to start the show. Enjoy. So now the interview begins proper. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> Please state your name, your personal pronouns, and your title. My name is Kevin McKenna, he, him, and my title is Vice President for Enrollment and Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid. Okay. It does all fit on one business card. <laughs> my name tag, no, <laughs> but the business card, yes. Um, so th this prompts my next question, which is what does a Vice President for Enrollment and Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid do? But... I want to break it down by phrase. Okay. So first, vice president of enrollment. Mm -hmm. what, does it, what does that mean? And, and actually, you're right to break it down because it is actually two jobs. And mm -hmm. at different institutions, you'll see sometimes people have both, you know, or actually you could even break it into three, right? Um, but the vice president for enrollment part of my job as the chief enrollment officer of the institution, I'm responsible for working with the senior team and the president to set our strategic enrollment goals. Um, so what is our optimal enrollment? Uh, what is the profile of our enrollment that 
matches and lives up to our institutional mission and our values? What is the, um, what's the ratio or proportion of tuition dollars that emerges from certain optimal enrollments to drive the operating budget for the next year and the next three to five years and the next decade? How are we able to read what the market for students looking for this kind of education might be in order to ensure that we can have optimal strategic enrollment goals met? So that's really, I work a lot with the provost um, in terms of, uh, you know, how the curriculum and the education will, will work for a certain number of students. I work with the VP for students uh, on making sure that we bring in the number of students that can be successfully housed and fed and entertained and, and everything that goes on uh, in our learning environment. I work with... Um, Obviously, the, the chief financial officer, um, because we are an institution that um, does, uh, the, the operating budget does depend heavily on annual tuition revenues, and so that's, a, that's not a small part of, of my job either. Um, so it's really, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of working in tandem with a lot of other areas of the college, specifically with trying to make sure that, that our enrollment goals are feasible, realistic, and met. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the, that's the VP for enrollment position, I think, as, as I can best sort of put it briefly. Okay. So then we have Dean of Admission mm -hmm. and Financial Aid. Mm -hmm. So uh, what are we getting into there? So the Dean of Admission and Financial Aid is, again, some schools, that's a separate individual than the VP for enrollment. Sometimes they're, they're one and the same. It is a different role than VP for enrollment because as Dean of Admissions, as I think of it, I'm responsible for taking that strategic enrollment management, high level, you know, institutional mission and making sure that we as an admissions and financial aid office actually meet and manage those goals appropriately. So I'm responsible for making sure that there's a great visit experience when visitors come to campus. I'm responsible for making sure that our admission staff who go on the road to meet students and, and families uh, in their home states, uh, that we're doing that thoughtfully and strategically to, to, to make sure we're in front of the right students for whom this education would be a good fit. Um, it's, uh, it's making sure that uh, basically, yeah, how, how do we then implement uh, our own work in that office to make sure that we meet those enrollment goals in any given year. That's the dean of admissions part. It's also, um, I, I also kind of joke sometimes that my role there is just to wave at the tours as they go by my office window because <laughs> I've got that fishbowl office in Westlands <laughs> that's right on the corner when you walk by. Uh, so that's the, uh, uh, yeah, that's the other one. And then the financial aid piece of it is, um, uh, you know, financial aid is extraordinarily complicated for families. It's a huge source of anxiety for prospective students, for current students. And really, um, uh, you know, my, my job with financial aid is to make sure that we are doing the best that we can with our resources for all of our enrolled students to make the education affordable, making sure that it's a warm you know, accessible place. Our financial aid office is, is a phenomenal team, um, and, and they are extraordinarily approachable in ways that sometimes financial aid offices uh, might not be. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also a very regulatory-heavy role as part of an institution, and so part of my job is to make sure that our team has the resources they need to do all the behind-the-scenes work, too, mm -hmm. that ends up as financial aid packages for our students. Um, so that's the that's the job I, I serve in, uh, in, in the financial aid regards. I'm not independently, individually packaging things, mm -hmm. um, that actually goes beyond my skill set. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not something I had a whole lot of experience with necessarily before coming here, but, uh, but the team is phenomenal. Uh, okay. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, what about your job gives you pleasure? 
so much. Um, I, I, you know, I think I, I think I've been here about ten years, um, and and it is everything from the daily encounters, you know, in the office, the staff, the students, um, to sort of seeing how those long-term goals uh, get reached and met. Um, in, in 10 years, you know, we've more than doubled the applications to the college. That's we've, great. we've more than, you know, expanded our reach. You know, Sarah Lawrence has always been a, a very strongly known institution Northeast, right, um, from D.C. up to, say, Boston. You know, really strong reputation there and knowledge that goes way back. Really strong reputation going years back in California, Los Angeles, San Francisco, to a certain extent Portland. And then there's 48 other states, right? Um, and so it's been really fun to see how our application growth is indicative of just more people around the country than ever before, knowing what Sarah Lawrence is, what we offer, and how we stand out um, in a very crowded but uh, uh, but but fascinating higher ed landscape. Um, so so some of what I love about the job is sort of setting those goals and seeing how can we how can we continue to enroll these really really intelligent bright creative students from more different backgrounds, more different states, more different high schools, more different cities. Um, it's it's been that's that has really been there's there's those long term outcomes that really make my job uh, a lot of fun. Do you have graphics that you work with that show the various populations? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Um, yeah, there's like heat maps. You're right. yes, you'll see yes, like yes. The, the, the map of the 48 states and, and okay. Alaska, Hawaii, and you'll see sort of like the heavy blue will be like, you know, 20 or more students and then the yes. slightly light. Yeah, we do some of that. And we okay. do it not just um, enrolling students, but where our uh, students who apply come from. And then the level over that is students who are interested in maybe applying. And then the level over that is students who may or may not have heard of us, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's the tried and true enrollment funnel, as he gives the scare quotes, you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, we do various versions of those heat maps and, uh, at different stages. To, it, it helps you visualize yes. uh, a lot, yeah. Okay. So for parents who might be listening... Mm-hmm. What makes Sarah Lawrence special? Oh, I think uh, again, I, I'm going to sound like a, a a broken record, but but there is so much here that stands out. Um, there is no other institution that I have found that sort of puts into practice so many of those ideals of the liberal arts in a way that leads to such discernible outcomes right out of your experiences here. If you think about the things that we do, I already mentioned Slice, right? Very few schools have that version of really putting your money where your mouth is in terms of talking about the cross, the importance of cross-disciplinary approaches to big problems in the world. And by going through a program like that, if you want to be a change agent in climate justice, uh, you've got that hands-on practice and skill set here while you're doing it in real time as a, as a college student. We give academic credit through practicums for real-world education experiences. Not many small liberal arts colleges do that, if any, to the extent that we do. That's the progressive origin uh, of the education. This isn't just something that you spend four years in the Bronxville bubble and then you think about things and then you leave and go get a job because you have to. This is the way that your education becomes part of life and, and how the two intersect. Um, uh, in real tangible, real, real world ways. So those opportunities, um, the mentorship of the faculty is phenomenal. You don't have even small colleges that put the amount of time that students and faculty spend together in mentorship opportunities. Um, you might have 
other small colleges where you'll get um, maybe a tutorial your first year or your senior year uh, interspersed at different points at the curriculum, but you don't have it as comprehensively as you do here throughout the four years. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot about the way that Sarah Lawrence has implemented structures around this ideal of the liberal arts that I fell in love with as a college student in totally unique ways in some ways, ways that no other school could probably do again, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you were building a school from scratch, it would be really hard to build this one again, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so to parents listening, I would say those are the experiences. And if you think about sort of, um, and so this is more parent geared than maybe uh, listening student geared because students are, I wasn't thinking about jobs when I started college <laughs> or even what I was going to major in or study or, or think about. But uh, I know that there's an increasing anxiety from students that they need their college major degree pathway mapped out even before they apply. And, and, I, and that's not true. I think the the value of a place like Sarah Lawrence where you start taking classes you're interested in, you sort of get feedback from your Don and your advisor, and that shapes your next year's classes. And by your junior year, you're really talking about, hey, this is how my courses have all fit together into what makes my degree program mine. That really leads to a, a robust portfolio and transcript of work that you've done at Sarah Lawrence that translates into really great job performance and outcomes out of here. So for parents, that sort of self-designed degree pathway is not, um, it's not a detriment. It's actually one of our biggest assets as an institution because the hiring rates and the kinds of careers that our alums go out and have speak for themselves. Um, the best jobs of tomorrow are not just going to be uh, singularly focused or highly defined, right? Um, and, and our students, our alums really leave with a, a fluidity in navigating unknowns that, that, that make them highly, highly accomplished in, in you know, look at the, the alum list, you know, and the different fields that they've made impacts in medicine, politics, uh, arts, for sure. Um, you know, how does one school have that oversized influence in so many different areas? Well, because it's Sarah Lawrence, you know, that's I, I think it's a pretty good, a good set of outcomes. So that's one thing that I point to. I mean, obviously, it translates to great graduate school placements, um, et cetera. But but uh, the way that we do things is, is, is so tailored to our students' successes and what they do afterwards. So that's, that's the message I would, I would give to parents okay. listening. That's, uh, that and, as I've heard you say, and then give us a five-star, you know. Yes, uh, rating interview. <laughs> rating on the... Five-star yeah. rating interview. That's great. Yeah. I believe, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. I've seen you at these meetings, mm -hmm. like the all-staff mm -hmm. faculty meetings, uh, one-on-one -on -one in person and then also over Zoom mm -hmm. dur during uh, COVID, mm -hmm. where, and tell me if I'm wrong, but where you rattle off stats, <laughs> and it's very impressive, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun to listen to. So I selfishly am going to ask you, what are yeah. some numbers or trends that have surprised you in recent years? Ah, interesting. So the ones that I... The trends that are my favorite are um, actually goes back to sort of the long term, you know, goals and accomplishments over the last last 10 years or so. And that is um, my surprise slash delight that as we've grown our applicant pool and as we've enrolled, you know, students over the last 10 years, that growth has taken place 
equally among our traditional markets of the Northeast and, and the West Coast and in new states and new new locations. So particularly, it's it's been not surprising, but satisfying maybe to see places like Texas and Georgia and Seattle and, and you know, my, my, essentially my hometown of Chicago, you know, really sort of becoming um, becoming, uh, uh, Sarah Lawrence becoming more, uh, of a college option in those areas. That's been the growth, um, and, and, and the equal growth in new markets and traditional markets has been really, again, I don't want to say surprising because we tried to do it, <laughs> but yeah. it's been satisfying. Yeah. Um, other trends though, um, are, are maybe surprising and less satisfying, which is, and this wasn't a secret because people apply to, college 18 years after they're born and we know what birth rates are but that demographic cliff that has been written about in the higher ed press about fewer students um, for colleges to enroll because of birth rates 18 years ago that has been surprising uh, just to see it yep I mean it shouldn't be surprising because of that you know how many people are in the country but just to see how it's impacted the the ways that you can set about meeting your enrollment goals uh, mm. has been has been a real game changer um, mm. for a lot of colleges. And so, again, we shouldn't be surprised, but there's a difference between knowing it's coming and then you know still working with it. Um, but but I am pleasantly surprised then, you know, that we have been able to maintain that growth and that sort of market share and that visibility among a lot of great colleges and institutions um, out there in the world. So, so those are some of the ones the last few years um, that have been, that have been surprising. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what do you do to relax or, <laughs> or uh, enjoy life outside of SLC? Uh, what do I do to relax? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I've gotten to the, <laughs> I've gotten to the point where you never know where those moments are going to come, right? Cause we have busy schedules and I've just taken to, I just keep a couple golf clubs in my trunk. So if it's still light out when I leave, I can get an hour at the driving range. Nice. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm not even a good golfer. I just, you know, the, the, the people who look at a six foot putt and call it a gimme, I'm not, I'm not one of those. <laughs> They're out of my league. Um, but uh, so, so uh, I'm a terrible golfer, but I like it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, a, that's, that's one way to do it. I'm an early morning gym person rather than an after work gym person. But my after work then would be the range because that's just the right amount of physical, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest one's probably music, though. Um, I, I spend a lot of my time out of the office engaged in music of various, you know, engagement with music in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's probably the biggest one for me. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, sure. I can come up with a few. <laughs> well, and and actually, the 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 silly one that I was going to ask um, actually stems from the the music response because um, that that actually was my my entry point into higher ed was 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 music. I was going to go off and be a music professor somewhere before admissions came calling. Um, <laughs> and so I'm 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 I even still have a hard time saying that it's you know my relaxing time because it was so wrapped up into my idea of what I was going to be as a you know in my professional life. Um, but, uh, so anyway, this long segue into, um, where does the music, uh, in the intro the, to the podcast come from? Oh, um, <laughs> well, it's come from a couple students. The, f uh, I'd say about a year ago, uh, I got music from a student named Owen Anderson. Okay. And then I asked Owen if he'd be interested in doing it again. And he said yes, but we just kind of lost contact. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but the door's always open, Owen. Um, <laughs> 
And then lately, I've gotten it from a, a student named Ruby Arthur. Excellent. Because I, I feel like it's a perfect way to show the creativity of students mm -hmm. is to get their music on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So no, I, that's, I, that's what I hoped the answer was. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, my other question was going to be, can I can I write my own uh, intro music and send you a file? Uh, but yeah, um, but now now that I would be replacing a student, I don't want to do that anymore. No, it's OK. <laughs> it's only an episode. And I think you should absolutely do that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll Please see. do that. <laughs> you should absolutely do that. I'll never know because I, I, I have such a hard time listening to my own voice. This will be the one episode that I never actually <laughs> listen to. <laughs> Um, okay, so this is my last point or okay. question. Um, the future of the college feels bright to me. Mm -hmm. Is that true? And if so, why? Oh, I absolutely think that's true. And, okay. and I'm, I'm actually really glad that you feel that way, too. I do. Um, I think, and, I, and I'm saying this about, about higher ed, not about, about Sarah Lawrence, um, the uh, there's a lot of pessimism in the industry, particularly around institutions who have thrived as liberal arts institutions through the, the decades and the generations, because there's a public that is increasingly uh, unaware or not unaware, but uh, increasingly hesitant to understand the, the, the value of the, of the tuition dollar for degree programs that don't have clearly defined outcomes, right? Um, so, so unless you say, I'm going to leave with this certificate for this profession, I'm not sure what I'm, what I'm paying for. And part of that value, I think, that we understand as products of, of liberal arts. I mean, I, I, I was English philosophy and music. You don't get much more <laughs> humanistic discipline than that. Yeah. Um, that. That it makes for such an enriching life and such a flexible way to kind of create your own, you know, professional pathway and 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 live a fulfilling life and and know what it means to uh, to be a fully engaged member of society that's questioning and answering and 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 you know, there's so much that a liberal arts degree does, and it's such a time of pessimism because it seems like that value isn't shared by the population at large for whatever reasons around economic uncertainty or around increasing polarization of society. And, 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 and at the same time, I'm thrilled that you say it seems bright, you know, at Sarah Lawrence, because I believe that too. Um, I, I don't believe that the liberal arts are just going to go away or be subsumed by, you know, uh, contemporary, um, politics or or banter or unruly rhetoric uh, that that mischaracterizes I think what a lot of terrific institutions do as quote unquote indoctrination I mean there's a lot of like really rough rhetoric out there around around higher ed but Sarah Lawrence is a place that I think is always going to be appealing because what we do here is so compelling and outstanding for our graduates and and the education that we that we provide. Um, and it's and it's a place that I feel like is going to be and our community and our alums and our graduates and our faculty are going to be part of the eventual pendulum swing back the other way. Right. Mm -hmm. When uh, uh, when some of the strains around higher ed, um, you know, sort of um, untangle now and, and we enter into some you know, some other era and some other pendulum swing. There's always going to be strains, right? I mean, higher ed's never been without controversy. Um, and it's always been a, a place where I think 
ideas are challenged, but where real growth happens. I mean, I was, I was even thinking, um, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, um, and, and it's come up in a few uh, pieces that I've read in papers over the, over the past few days, that, in fact, yesterday, I think in the Times, there was a review of a, of a book by a faculty. It's not really a review. It's sort of a reassessment of a book from a Sarah Lawrence person back in the 50s about higher ed and academia. So a lot of Sarah Lawrence writers have written about higher ed and academia through the years. And there was a piece yesterday in the Times about, about one of those works. And, and one of the things that the, 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 the writer noted was that every couple decades, higher ed has had these tumultuous points and moments. In the 60s, right, you had um, student protests on a lot of campuses that were really um, embroiling, you know, the, the communities. Um, in the early 90s, uh, and, um, and throughout the 90s, you had very political discussions about the curriculum, about the canon, about opening up that to new voices, right, and, and a lot of cores shifting to include new forms of scholarship that, that um, said we belong here too, right? And now you've got, you know, uh, a certain moment of tension on, on college campuses about what is free speech, what is protected speech, what is, um, what is okay and not, and what's the university or the college's role in shaping, you know, and providing the spaces for discourse. So all of those things come back and recur. Um, but, but I think the reason that Sarah Lawrence's future is so bright is that the, the community speaks for itself. You can't walk this campus and, and engage with the people on this campus without feeling refreshed hearing what they're doing in their work and their conference projects, hearing what the faculty are doing. And you just, you do have the sense that this is valuable, meaningful work um, that is going to go out into the world, and it's a self-feeding cycle. You know, the more good work goes out into the world from Sarah Lawrence, the more we bring in people to do the next round of it, um, too. And, and that's where I fit, right, in the cycle. I'm sort of that little mid-spoke cog or something, you know, just to make sure that that cycle keeps turning. Um, and that's, that's, to answer another early question, that's another thing I love about, about being here. Yeah. Thus concludes this episode of the Sarah Lawrence College Podcast. Thank you very much again to Kevin for sharing your thoughts, time, and creativity with us. If you're new to the podcast, go back and listen to the 60-plus episodes on a wide range of topics. Let us know what you think of the show with a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Follow Sarah Lawrence College on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, and LinkedIn. These are great ways to stay connected to us. The Sarah Lawrence Student Life Preservation Project is accepting contributions at slcstudentlifeproject.omica.net. That URL will be in the show notes. All right, everyone, that about does it for me, folks. <laughs> it's been a pleasure sharing this sonic space with you, and I look forward to doing so again next week.